This is Come On Kinds with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Welcome once again into the KCLR studios here in Studio 2 for another edition of Come On Kind with myself, Martin Quilty, and delighted to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Anya Fahey. Good evening, Anya. Good evening, Martin. How are you? We are great. Thank you very much. And what a busy week and we have had. We are down to the almost penultimate stages of county final weekend coming. Semi-finals were all on last weekend and what an array of games that we had. It all kicked off last Saturday out in Tullerone, home of Anya's club out there. And I have to say, what a venue. When I turned up on Saturday morning out there, the pitch was like a carpet. It was unbelievable. Um, And what a, a great setting it was for a doubleheader of senior semi-finals. Of course, they were the Michael Ling Motors Hyundai senior semi-finals and first up on the bill was Dixborough and Piltown. And on, yeah, you did get this prediction right. You said that Dixborough was going to win it and it was an easy enough victory for Dixborough winning on a scoreline of 21 points to 10. And we were there and we covered this game live online for KCLR and getting the game done. So, give us your overall view of what was an easy victory for our reigning champions. Yeah, like I think when you kind of look back at the, look back at the game, especially in the first half, there was probably this little bit of belief that Piltown were certainly going to put it up to Dixborough, and they certainly did. Like they were only trailing by three points going in at half time, and I felt like to be fair that Piltown had probably done an awful lot of the hurling in the in the in the first half, and I think that they definitely outworked Dixborough, and I feel like Dixborough were kind of nearly coasting a bit too much, and you know I kind of mentioned in the in the commentary as well that it's probably not. You know, it's probably not the best time to be coasting is in county semi final because you could be caught. But then I suppose, you know, Dixburg came out in the second half and they just turned on the style straight away. And listen, the, the wind was definitely a massive factor, I do it think, was. In, in this particular game as well. But I suppose for Pilltown, like, you know, I definitely thought Sophie Holden got on an awful lot of ball, particularly in the first 30 minutes there. And she scored two wonderful points. Laura Norris worked extremely hard as well. And Emer Long got on an awful lot of ball, as did Lorraine Long. And, you know, I suppose for Piltown they will be bitterly disappointed in the fact but I just think like when it came to the matchups, you know that they had I think Dixburg definitely had their homework done really really well like Katie Power And we Power, commented on this during yeah, the commentary as well Yeah no we did like Katie Power was in at full forward and you know Kira O'Shea was marking her and Kira literally followed her absolutely everywhere she didn't let her go like she was just literally on her heels at all times and even like they was, were joined to the hip for yeah, most of that game they certainly were like and even at one stage you could kind of see that Katie had nearly pushed Kira off her but Kira came back like a train and just got got back up on top of her and you know we said it like you cannot afford to give the likes of Katie Power that space you know especially in a game like this because they were leaving an awful lot of space inside in the full forward line for her knowing that you know if Katie Power can get a ball she's going to have the strength and the speed to take it on like um, but you know Kira did absolutely brilliant on her then they had to actually res- resort to bring her out to the centre forward line or t- out to the half forward 
line and you could see there that Kier Phelan literally made the switch straight away to his centre back took over oh, it from was instant. sister Neve. Yep. so it's like Dixborough had basically told the guards right this is what's going to happen if Katie starts here Kier, you're picking her up and if she comes back out to the half forward line Kier Phelan you're picking her up they had their homework done really really well probably that's where I think Pilltown probably lacked a bit in that um, you know well, they did because the girls done their job Katie scored yeah. one point in the whole of the game yeah she certainly did and I suppose like you know you really need the likes of Katie Power to be quite dominant on the scoreboard especially in a county semi-final and you know it just wasn't going to be their day and then I think listen when the second half came out you know for any team to be scoring 21 points wow like it is it's it's a great score to be thrown over even though they didn't threaten the goal that much they literally were popping over the points and you could see that their ex you could see from their experience and they probably learned an awful lot going through a Leinster campaign last year that you need to keep taking their points and I suppose they would have probably more so learned that from the Aulard de Bala in the Leinster in the Leinster final because Aulard de Bala just kept on ticking away and like throwing over the points that eventually got them over the line so they're learning an awful lot from that Leinster campaign last year I think And you're dead right because I can't remember either Kirsty or Ethan Norris no threatened at any stage to try and pull off one save in the whole of the game no absolutely and, but then on the other side of that it just goes to show that you're probably looking at two of the best goalies in Kilkenny like they really are two cl- top class goalies and I suppose like if there was going to be a goal opportunity going to uh, come to yourself there you'd have to be 100% right that you are actually going to get that goal because both goalies are were on fire like we've been looking at Eva Norris all year at the Inter County and she's just been absolutely phenomenal Steady out yeah, yeah she really has like and she's definitely kind of come to taking another step up in her game like she's really fast off the line and even on Sunday she was really quick off the line as well um, as was Kirsty as well like both goalies have definitely you know they've worked really really hard on their game and you know, it was it was probably going to be a case of it wasn't going to be a massive goal scoring game in this. But, you know, I have to say, like in the second half coming out, there was one point there that Amy Clifford got. It was. But before you go to the second half, things could have been a hell of a lot different. Mm-hmm. With the very first attack that Pilltown had, they went down towards the goal. And we've mentioned the backs already. I mean, it was a last ditch save, basically a yeah. hook. If a certain pass had to go into Sophie Holden I think who was waiting inside in the full forward mm-hmm. line and Pilltown could have got that early goal yeah. who would have known but yeah I mean it, it was phenomenal um, and then there was only three points in it at the break I mean Ashley McCarty got on the score first Pilltown yeah. responded I mean by the quarter hour mark it was four points to three in favour of Pilltown mm-hmm. but then Dixborough just went on a scoring spree they got four points in a row Pilltown came back with one point from Lauren Norris, who was very good, I have to admit, on the yeah. day. And then Orla Hendrick, who was exceptional. Yeah, she was definitely I the mean, difference. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. We were looking at her, her wrist work, her skill, her free-taking ability mm-hmm. was unreal. But there was only three points in it at half time. So Pilltown, in fairness to them, would have been okay about it. Yeah. You know, like they had a chance. They, they weren't by any means out of the game. And then, as you say, second half. Second half came, like, and, you know, you have to remember that Pilltown definitely had the wind as well with them in the first half. And, you know, did they take full advantage to it? Probably not. Like, they had some other opportunities there, but you could see the experience in Dixborough. They just kept on plucking away. But then in the second half, Dixborough just came out and it was like 
you know, a bomb had been nearly put under them inside in the dress room that, you know, this wasn't the time to be playing games and that they were in a county semi-final and they had 30 minutes or else they weren't going to be getting back to the county final because the momentum was kind of still with Piltown because they mm-hmm. had dogged yep. them out so much in the first half that they were, like to me, I definitely thought the Piltown were the better team in the first half but it was just the class then that came out of Dixborough in the second half. Like, as you mentioned already, Orla Hanrick was absolutely phenomenal. In saying that, Jenny O'Dee had a really good game as well but she just could not get to real grips with Orla Hanrick. Like she scores, she scored eight points eight in points, total, yep. four from freeze, four from play. Amy Clifford scored a monster of a point in the second half that you wouldn't see it in a fella's game. Nope. Jenny Clifford came to light in the second half and got three points one after another. I hear Jenny was like a ballerina at one know, stage. Her footwork, she yeah. was pirouetting around defenders. And if she wasn't scoring points herself, she was setting them up for other players around her as well. Mm-hmm. As you say, it was like as if they were told, well, actually your places are on the line here coming in. If you win this for a county final, you're going to have to perform. And by God, did they perform. But most of, I think, Dixborough's success came from their half-back line in particular. Mm -hmm. That whole line across, you had Tara Clifford there, you had Neve feeling and Kira feeling, Mm -hmm. and really they were the catalyst for everything that was good with Dixborough because there was nothing getting past them. They were well able to read a game and they were at pace getting their forwards into the game very quickly. Yeah, they certainly were. Like everything, like knee feeling got on a mountain of ball, particularly in the first 20 minutes for Dixborough. And then in the second half, like they literally, they distributed everything really, really well. And like Kira feeling caught and caught a ball out of the air. Like she's only, like she's not the tallest girl in the world. And she, by God, when she rose to the heights that she rose, she got the ball and she drove it back down to the forwards. And you could just see that Dixborough were just, they, the whole lot of them, every single player on the team was, they were, they were enjoying themselves they were riling this up and I just thought that you know we just seen a completely different class you had all six forwards getting on the score for Dixborough as well then like if you have the luxury of taking off your full forward who's just after scoring eight points and bringing in Rachel Dowling who added two more from play <laughs> instantaneously you know, almost crazy yeah. they were then had the luxury of being able to take off Kira O'Shea your full back and Neil Feeling your centre back so for any team that can take off you know three out of the spine of a team there it just goes to show the calibre of players that they do have on the have on the sideline as well, and you know I wouldn't like to be the Dixborough management team over the next couple over the next two weeks, like preparing for a county final because there's definitely twenty twenty one girls there that are putting their hand up there to get to put themselves within an opportunity of getting a starting place on that team, and you know you have to say the work rate out of them all was absolutely fan, fantastic. I thought Quiva Dillon and Eva Prendergast they definitely won the midfield battle um, against Pilltown. Piltown midfields really just couldn't get to grips with the two girls at all and they were just working really well when one went forward the other stayed back and vice versa and like they were communicating really well throughout the throughout the whole day it, all in all like it was nearly a, a, an unflawed second half performance from Dixborough they were probably I would I would imagine the I would imagine the management team for Dixborough were probably disappointed with the first 30 minutes of hurling but yeah. then to turn around and be able to produce that I think was absolutely fantastic in the or second half ruthlessly yeah. on in the second mm-hmm. half I mean they went on a, a four points without reply uh, spree between the fifth and the 14th minute and while points were exchanged then between the two sides I mean between the 18th and we're talking about the 25th, 26th minute. They just rattled off six points in a row. Like there was mm. no coming back from it. Um, and while they showed their class and why they are champions, I caught up with Dan O'Neill after the game. And he was giving out to me a little bit that we were blowing Dixborough up 
but we'll and see. It's, it's hard not to. Like, <laughs> Isn't it you know? just? And we made that point and we'll see exactly right now what Dan had to say. I'm here with Dan O'Neill, one of the selectors with Dixborough. Dan, comfortable victory in the end in your semi-final against Pilltown. You must be happy to be in another county final. Yeah, it's it's great to be back there again. I mean, we didn't think about any county final until... We haven't thought about it really until now, so you have to be happy with the way the, the girls applied themselves. You know, it was really t- a tough first half. We decided we'd play against the wind, and you're, you're never sure whether it's the right thing or not, but I think it worked out okay that we went in three points up. I think we were in a great position then at that stage just to drive it on the second half. You looked just more a little bit nervy in the first couple of minutes, albeit Pilltown started very well. I suppose they threw off the shackles. They had nothing to lose coming up against yourselves. You are the reigning champions, but you went in three points points ahead at half time but the second half you just really started to coast and when you got going you didn't stop. Yeah I think we definitely were nervous and uh, we're probably a, a slow starting team uh, that's the way we, we've played this year we, we kind of takes us a while to get into our stride and uh, we were a bit jittery alright but I think that comes with the pressure that was on us you know because really everyone is talking us up which is not ideal and uh, you know obviously you'd prefer to, you'd prefer to be underdogs in a situation like this but that's, that's the way it is. When you performing the way you are though it is very hard to put the underdogs tag on you um, especially when you have a forward line like that you had to say and all of six forwards contributing to scores as well when you've all inside in the full forward line like I think to seven or eight points as well you know it is very hard but it really shows that you are the dominant force at the minute in Kilkenny I will look. It's hard to argue that, that that we are going well at the moment, but we won't be we won't be um, taking anything for granted in the county final, whether it be against Clara or Thomastown. I mean, you talk about our forwards, but really, what stands out for us is the work rate of the forwards. You know, when you have players of the caliber of Katie Power up the other end of the pitch, it's so important that our forwards um, put pressure on the clearance the Piltown clearances you know that they couldn't be picking out Katie so I think they did that really well and I mean that's what really stood out for me was the work rate Talk about work rate your matchups on all of the Piltown players work very well like if Katie Power moved to a certain position Kira was on her for most of it as soon as that she moved Kira Field and moved on to her when she moved back into the position Kira O'Shea was back on her straight away you really had your homework done on all the Piltown players yeah, well, I suppose Katie Power is exceptional in in particular, and um, I mean, if you don't have if, if you don't have a plan for Katie Power, you're not doing your job. Any preference in the semi final? Who you're going to take on? Uh, no, I, I I don't really. Um, I. No, I'm not going to say either team because it'll come back to haunt me. <laughs> well, thanks a million, Dan, and we look forward to chatting with you again before the county final. And best of luck in the county final as well. Thank you, Martin. Yeah, well, it certainly is on you hard to argue when they are playing so well. And mm-hmm. Dan O'Neill there trying to play down Dixborough <laughs> as, as much as he can. But you can actually hear the breeze even in the background yeah. there towards the end of it. And we were sheltered over between the, the end of the dressing rooms and the, the ball wall. And the wind was actually still blowing in there. But um, yeah, overall, uh, it was a good performance by Dixborough, you know, they had a job to do. They'd done the job very well. And Pilltown certainly wouldn't make excuses. But the fact that they did lose the two Doyles um, early yeah. on in the season as well, it did really hamper, um, you know, the playing style and their personnel uh, as well. And I don't know, and I, I'm not trying to be critical of anyone either, but there was a couple of times that some of the Pilltown players got on a ball and completely took the wrong options. And mm. 
actually probably put Piltown on the back foot more so than, you know, maybe they should have been during the game. Yeah, and I think that was definitely you could see it a lot more, particularly in the second half when Dix were when Dixborough were really on top there. That you know Piltown probably were making the, they were as you said making the wrong decision and the distribution of their ball wasn't wasn't probably as clinical as it was, particularly in the first twenty twenty five minutes of the first half, where everything that they were getting was just going really really well for them. And I just feel like when they started to come under pressure, it's the silly mistakes, but it was like they were nearly panicking over it and they. Had kind of nearly lost a bit of sense of belief in themselves. Um, I think that they kind of thought that you know, they had hurled so well for the first 30 minutes that it was obviously going to be able to carry them through. And I think they kind of forgot that Dixborough were going to have their purple mm-hmm. patch. And by God, did they have it in full mode there in, in the final 30 minutes. But, you know, I think, yeah, absolutely. It was going to be a tough task, I think, for um, for Piltown anyway, losing the two Doyle sisters. But in saying that, you know, they're still competed in a county semi-final. It just goes to show that the calibre of players that they do have there. They do. And I mean, Alan Roach is the man at the helm there. And I managed to catch up with Alan after the match. Or I would do as soon as we push this button here. Not the results that you were probably uh, wanting or expecting today. Dixborough run now comfortable winners in the end. Uh, yeah, yeah, Martin. Like, we did come up here and we, we were going to throw the shackles off, like as people were saying within the county. We, and it's the truth, we had nothing to lose. Do you know, like you can say this person, like I know we're missing the two dials or we're missing Eve Cullerton. Do you know, people were saying, you've nothing to lose and we have nothing to lose. And we, tr- we just gave it everything and it just just that bit of finishing at the, in the first half especially we just when we were on top we just couldn't put away the scores and then the kind of Dixborough just opens up there and I suppose between the, 20, the 15th and 22nd minute I'd say they got but did they get 7 points yeah. in a row and something like that was, that was it and then we were always chasing shadows after that Talks was a bit the start because it was like as if you did throw off the shackles and bar a bit of luck things could have been a lot different in the first half for you they could have like we, if our touch was a bit better you know Sophie could have got him for one or two and you know things like that we had nothing to lose and that's what we were saying since you'd done the draw and we put up in the whatsapp and we said Dixburg against Spilltown we have nothing to lose and the girl says Alan you're right because as you say county champions it's like the men like Clara are probably playing uh, Dixburg or Ballyhale tomorrow and, have, and they're probably in the same boat so nothing to lose that's like at the end of the day 60 minutes you know they you never know as you know refereeing anything could happen in a game and that's the way we looked at it it's disappointing yeah exactly it's disappointing for the girls for the year but I suppose you alluded on the, the two girls and knee being missing as well like you knew they were going to be missing from the start of the year but to be fair they're two huge players on any club team to be losing never mind a county team exactly like their household names there's people in Leitrim and Peter but for men I know about Kellyanna and Aoife like they're synonymous in the whole country in the Camogie like when you lose one do you know but then when you lose the two of them and that and that and that sport do you know and hopefully next year uh, they'll come back and whoever's at the helm next year in Piltown will get them over that line and, and they'll have the two girls back and hopefully Neve as well and let's be fair in Piltown you have a lot of talent like to be able to field three adult teams this year with the amount of girls that you have like no other club is able to do it so I mean it's testament to the, the amount of commitment and time and the amount of girls that you have down there as well like it's phenomenal exactly like, I'm at the senior management at the day and you have Michael Brennan the junior manager and then there's another girl over the junior team I just like we were training last night with a poke around I think about 42 down there do you know and I, 42 anyone would yeah. love to have 20 
42, never right. mind 42. Right. We're so bad, like, what's up with WhatsApp? Uh, Gerard, will you give me a thumbs up who's going training? Because we just don't know, like, when we're myself and Mark and Mick are preparing training, we need to know how many is actually coming. Like, it's just, uh, they're, they're just some, they're a bunch, uh, they're such a parish for Camogie and Hurling down there. They just love it. It's in their DNA. I think it's when they were born, the first thing most people get a teddy bear, I think they'll come to go hurl. <laughs> Yeah. I suppose as you said when the draw was done I mean when you look at it Dixborough are the champions and they're champions for a reason they showed their class in particular out there in the second half as well no matter how much you tried you just couldn't get that extra edge just to come that small little bit closer to them. Yeah we just couldn't break like they're half far and coming deep and their movement is just they're, they're just so, they're a unit they're young they're, they're hungry you know they're that Borough team, if they put their head down, could go places. Yeah. But that's 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 what the rest of the other, I said, there's probably other another nine or whatever clubs that love to be in our position today, taking on Dixborough. But listen, they're a fair outfit and they could go places. Then, but now, but Clara and Thomas don't be in the same boat. Whoever gets over that one will be the same as us. They have nothing to lose. You're a seasoned veteran now at management. Never easy to lose semi-finals, but from a point of view, you seem fairly upbeat about this loss, albeit it's going to hurt for a couple of days. But like you are playing the champions after all. I, just, I might, if deep down, I'm really, really hurt, and I don't like losing. I'm a, as, like us all. As the wife, the wife is probably gone. She's probably gone to Piltown already to watch Carrie Shock and done a magnet. She's I'm not going home if this lad loses. That's what she told me this morning. She's getting out of town. She's probably in her mother's now. But listen, no. It, at the end of the day, like Martin, we had not. To lose. It probably if we did lose it, like you, if you lose, you lose. But like, there's nothing questions. The best team won today, and we have no qualms about that in Piltown. Well, he certainly made an enjoyable semi-finals for us all to watch. So, commiserations on the result. But thanks for the the year that you've given us, um, and you'll be back stronger than ever next year. I hopefully they'll, they'll come back next year, and I I I'll be shouting them from the sidelines. So hopefully Piltown will be they'll get there eventually. Hopefully someone else will get more of that line. I'll I'll die happy then when Stack in that medal. But listen, that's that's for another day, and that's for Piltown to start. Well, best luck. We hope to see you next year. Love it. Thanks, Mark. Thank you very much. Yeah, that was, of course, Alan Roach talking with us there after the game. And, oh, and yeah, it would be nice to see Alan back on the sidelines because he's a fantastic coach. We've seen him involved with WIT, with Harlan Camogie, his own club as well, of course, with uh, Gorn. He's been with Carrick Shock. You know, he's a, he's a good man and Pilton would do well to, to hold on to him. Yeah, it certainly is. Like, and you know, he's such a he's got um, a great history of coaching behind him. And he's he's like you know been involved in some really top class teams, at, both at Camogie and at Hurling. And you know, he's definitely made it a career for himself. And he's definitely you know put in some you know really really good successful years with some really good teams as well. So yeah, I suppose for Pilltown, it it was great for them to have a guy of his experience and probably nice the fact that he's not from Pilltown either. That he's kind of coming in as an outsider with mm-hmm. a fresh look upon everything. And I think that's very important as well so yeah listen you know Piltan I'm sure would obviously love to be able to keep him there but sure whatever the case may be is sometimes is it maybe the right decision to go maybe to freshen things up yeah absolutely but you know we wish Alan all the best and I think the, the girls in Piltan will certainly appreciate everything that he's done for them they certainly will well we had a second cracker on immediately after that uh, game it was the meeting of Clara and Thomastown in the second semi-final you went for Thomastown in this game and you were dead right albeit that it was looking tight for a good period in the second half it was Thomastown winning on a scoreline of 2.13 to 1.12 but they were certainly pushed for it 
But let's be fair. Nobody could have predicted in Tullerone on Saturday as soon as Peter Bork threw in that ball that Thomastown would register no score. Mm. They would have four chances, four shots at goal within three minutes and have 1-4 one or 1-3 one, one uh, it was and then it went to 1-4 and 1-5 on the scoreboard but mm. within three minutes and four chances they had 1-3 on the scoreboard. It was phenomenal. Yeah, like when you talk about teams coming out of the traps fast by God they, they come out of the traps fast. They looked so, so hungry and I think to be honest with you it was a start that Thomastown got so early on that's really what made the difference for Clara. Clara just couldn't seem to claw it back and you know they looked really, really ruthless as well inside the first couple of minutes. Like They, they literally they took on every opportunity and they literally ran at the heart and soul of Clara. They did actually give t- Clara time to settle into the game or you know to kind of get their bearings you know pull back their sweep or whatever the case may be they hit them from the from the very very beginning and you know it definitely paid dividends for them and I must say like Anna Farrell was on an awful lot of ball in the first half you know she was even coming so far out from her full forward position she was laying off the scores Therese Donnelly got a great goal Neve Donnelly took on took on her player and she got two excellent points as well you know so definitely I think for Thomastown you know, they're going to need to get a start like that in a county final against Dixborough as well. But, you know, I think that was ultimately the difference between the both teams on the day. Yeah, it certainly was. I mean, we were talking with Chap Clear afterwards and Clara were certainly rattled. I mean, Anna Farrell had the makings of Rachel Whelan. Uh, Trace Donnelly had the makings of Grainne Glynn there. And it took Clara a long time to mm-hmm. get into the game. And with such a great start, as we said, within eight minutes... Thomastown won five to no score ahead. Mary O'Connell then had a free and, mm. you know, stemmed the tide a little bit. Thomastown replied back then with Anna Farrell. You've mentioned her already, but I mean, Anna Farrell really rolled back the years mm. to when Anna Farrell was Anna Farrell. Like, she was just exceptional. Yeah. For someone who has had a baby and just come back not so long ago as well, like, to put in a performance that she did at the weekend was truly and utter amazing. However, I think the score of the game got Clara going in the first half and it was a goal by Siobhan Curtis and mm-hmm. this was on 14 minutes. There was three, am I right, three to four players from Thomastown. Yeah. Two of them was almost pulling her jersey off. Her. In fairness to referee Peter Bork, and we give out about a lot of referees and we give them a bit of stick, but he gave Siobhan an advantage and by God, she is a strong girl. She kept going. There was no stopping her and she buried that ball to the back of the net past Kate MacDonald who had no hope whatsoever. Mm-hmm. This was after 14 minutes. Game was on. Clara yeah. were back in it and it's a goal that they really needed and it was a goal of beauty. Yeah, it was, you know, it was absolutely, it was a brilliant goal. And Siobhan just kind of took on, you know, she took nearly all the responsibility on herself when she was driving forward. And you could just see that she's such a physically strong player. Like, as you said, like she had to get through four or yeah. five Thomas Town girls, but she was nearly like an engine. Like they were hanging out of her all over the place and she just kept on going and she got that goal. And I think that's certainly what revived Clara a bit and it kind of gave him a little bit of hope back into the game as well. It's not the first time I've seen Siobhan Curtis do this. Unfortunately, I've been at the wrong end. <laughs> <laughs> of a goal that she's after getting as well but you know definitely I think you know she kind of stood up there when it mattered most and she kind of drove she brought Clara back into brought Clara back into the game but, but you know what I liked about it as well 
she didn't stop. No. Like she wasn't complaining. She wasn't looking for a free. First instinct on her mind was to get that ball into the net. Yeah. She has a killer instinct for the goal. I'd be like to be honest with you. Anytime I see her, I think it's kind of like she has just root one on her head. And I suppose that's what you want in every really good forward is you want them to have root one. Like we often see these forwards and it drives me mad when they get a ball, you know, right in front of the goal and they end up taking a detour off out through Tom <laughs> Fitz's ditch there into the horses and back around there by the playground and back into the goal like you know it drives me mad like and you know it's great to see a player that literally has route one it's like they're going through a brick wall and she did she went through like three or four Thomastown players and she got the goal and you know it, it really brought back Clara into that game and it, it was very very well taken It was a goal that Clara certainly needed with Thomastown's fantastic start Thomastown while they did get a good start kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit left Clara back into it and there was only two points in it at half time Kira Ryan was to the fore as well in that both herself and her sister Katie were unbelievable for two young girls as well Um, she was on an awful lot of ball she was winning freeze but for all of Thomastown's dominance to only be two points ahead yeah. at half time they would have been disappointed with that Yeah I think so um, and you know you look at it Clara they had no wides in the first half as if I can recall I think that they only have two or three in the whole game throughout it and you know You're I dead think right they had two in the whole match Yeah two in the whole match like, and I think for Clara I think realistically with the start that Thomastown got I think Clara were very lucky to be going in ahead by two points at half time I think Thomastown would have been disappointed Thomastown were ahead by Sorry, two Sorry Thomastown yeah. No. Yeah, Thomastown were ahead by two, one seven to one five. Oh, I've the other way around. Oh, yeah, I no, Tom, yeah, Thomastown were ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, no, I, I think I think Clara would. I think Clara could count themselves lucky then in that regard that they were only the two points behind. I'm really thrown off here now. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I think Clara. Listen, they can be lucky that they were only. I think you know that blistering start that we had seen by Thomastown. It really crucified them, and I think they did have an awful lot to claw back from it. And even though they were going to be assisted by the wind in the second half, you could see straight away what Thomastown were going to do. Like Schneider Keith is going to be sitting back into that pocket really in the second half what kind of surprised me more about it as well Sarah Walsh wasn't probably as dominant as we've seen her in the past in the games I thought in the first 15 minutes she started off really really well but then it's kind of like Clara when Clara started to get the grips of the game they kind of nearly had her targeted as a player that they needed to keep out of the game and I suppose like you know she's like we spoke about her so much she's constantly helping out on her back line she mightn't have the greatest strike on her in the world and she mightn't take on her score but by God it's the work rate she gives me and I think like you know definitely Ashley Nolan when she kind of came back out like they had started Ashley Nolan in the corner forward half forward position but when they brought her out to midfield I, I felt like it tightened up that midfield that midfield pairing there for Clara and I think that was going to be really really important because when you've got the likes of Jenny Reddy and Sarah Walsh in midfield for Thomastown there's two players that you are going to have to you need to be at least winning one of those battles to ensure that you're going to have any way of driving forward in this game Yeah and look at it from a f- first uh, half point of view while Thomastown had a very good start in the first half Clara did come out mm. you know and they had a very good start in the second half themselves and by 11 minutes into the second half Clara were actually three points ahead of Thomastown 110 to 17 thanks to a lot of scores Neve Byrne was on the score sheet yep. uh, Kira Ryan was on the score sheet Ashley Nolan Mary O'Connell you know all the players that you want to step up they did you know, Thomastown, then they were pitching back at it. It went to one, uh, 110 
and then it was 1-9 so you know there was a point in it Thomas Town came back into it the killer blow though came in what mm. was the 17th minute yeah. I mean we saw Eva Hines going off yeah. and we commented we commented on it the fact that she limped off you mm. know had they got the strength and depth to replace Eva Hines yeah. they brought on Michelle Donnelly and what an introduction to come in because within First 90 ball. seconds or there or thereabouts she had the ball in the back of the net and the tide was completely after turning again and this time in Thomastown's favour. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you're kind of looking at, looking at it, Eva Hines has been such, you know, a massive player for Dixborough over the last couple, or for, sorry, for Thomastown over the last couple of years. My head is all over the place here. Has been really, really good for Thomastown and we did comment on it saying that that was going to be a massive, mm-hmm. massive loss. Like she was their free taker as well on top of that. Now she did look like she had very heavy strapping on her going into it. And I suppose she probably wasn't maybe doing her normal thing like, you know, catching balls, taking on the, taking on her player throughout, you know, the first half of the game. And then when Michelle Donnelly came in, first ball into your hand, like what, what a way to be introduced into a county semi-final when your club really, really needs it to drive on because Clara did come out in the second half. They absolutely, you know, were kind of nearly doing what Thomastown had done to them in the first half they were being ruthless and they went at them they got three really really good points but then that goal was the killer and I think from there on in Thomastown were just like we're not letting this go and I think you know looking at it at the very end of the match when you've seen Anna Farr literally drop to her hands and knees she was bet yeah. she was out she her gave it everything oh, she had literally done everything she took over from the freeze down from Eva Hines she scored uh, two, three 45s um, one free and then three points from play like that's huge and the fact that, like you know Anna's only after having a baby three months ago and I know we keep on saying this but you know <laughs> we'd say something if it was a fellow was only after coming back from a, a, an injury or if something like that has happened you'd be praising them or aren't they great or they're this or that and the other and as after having a child she's come back she's slotted right back into full forward literally three months after having a baby uh, produces to me definitely a player of the match performance in a county semi-final to me was the player that got Thomastown over the line if they didn't have Anna Farrell I don't think they'd have won this match. It was her experience alone. She stood up when they needed it. She she took responsibility for the she took responsibility for the freeze, but she also was giving in some really good ball and she was roaming in around the middle of the field. You could see she really, really wanted this. Like there was this desire and this want. She wanted this. There was a hunger yeah, there. Really, really wanted to win this game. And I think, you know, that was certainly the difference. And when you seen her at the end of the game, absolutely just floored it just kind of to me it just showed what it meant to her and what it meant to Thomastown as well Yeah and unfortunate for Clara because as much as they tried they came back against Thomastown in the first half they were leading they let Thomastown come back at them in the second half Thomastown did it you could see the disappointment on the faces after the game none more so than the manager of Clara who is Peter Chapclear and I caught up with him after the game Chap Clear, manager of the Clara team, you can tell by the look in your face, absolutely gutted after losing the semi-final to Thomastown. I know it's no consolation, but what a game of Camogie it was. Yeah, look, Martin, it was um, it was an unbelievable game of Camogie. It was just nip and tuck from minute one. Uh, Thomastown got off to a fantastic start. They, they were one five to no score up and we were a bit shell-shocked 10 minutes in, but we settled into our game and got a little bit of rhythm and got our game plan going and we're only a couple of points down there at half time and second half was just 
was like a heavyweight boxing match. It was just blow for blow and we were getting hit and we were hitting back and we just came up a little bit short uh, on the day, unfortunately. But um, those girls in there, they're, they're devastated because they put in such effort and they trained really, really hard from, from the very first training session. So they have an unbelievable attitude and spirit, but sport is cruel and some team has to win and some team has to lose. And unfortunately, we... Come up a little bit short today. Yeah, sport is certainly cruel. I suppose looking back at the early start that Thomastown got, their first four attacks, no wide, 1-3 on the scoreboard. As you say, shell-shocked you a small little bit, but it's hard to say. Did you give him a small little bit too much respect in the opening a couple of minutes? I don't know. I think, to be fair to Thomastown, they were just unbelievably clinical and they were ruthless. As you said, they had four chances and they had 1-3 before we even took a breath. Um, and they, they definitely had us rattled uh, and we had a game plan but uh, we weren't expecting them to sit up the way they did uh, we got the terms of the though in fairness um, from being 1-5 to no score down I think it was 1-7 to 1-5 so um, you know we scored 1-5 then to two points in the next in the, in, the, in the second quarter of the half but certainly we um, they hit us hard and hit us early and uh, it took us a while to, to get the grips with it and then you know we came out in the second half and we had a great start to the second half and uh, a couple of chances just just went a little bit of begging and Thomason got the goal then and um, you know it was just nipping top ten for the last couple of minutes and we were as I said to you, we were, we were like a heavyweight boxer in the 12th round. We were just swinging, but we just come up short. Yeah, both halves were like mirror image of one another. One team got a great start. The other left back into it. Ye had this perfect second half start as well. Maybe didn't utilise the chances and maybe went that small little bit further ahead. You were a couple of points ahead, but the second goal that Thomastown got was a sucker punch for you. It was, yeah, because we'd actually hurt really well in the second half for, and we were we were very, very strong and we'd been, you know, we were hurling, it was probably the best we've hurled, let's say, this year for about 15 minutes uh, and it felt like we had a nice bit of momentum but to be fair to Thomastown, they're a class team and, you know, the likes of um, all the Donnellys and there's so many of them and uh, the O'Keefe girls centre back was super and uh, Anna Farrell gave a master, masterful show there some scores from the side and it was just incredible so um, look we, we, we did our best uh, we just came up a little bit short um, the best team always wins in sport and unfortunately for us we were just a little bit short today uh, it wasn't for a lack of effort it was just Thomastown got the, got the breaks at the right time and got the run on us and uh, we tried our best but we just couldn't stop them. You mentioned a couple of the Thomastown girls there. You have a very nice balanced team as well but one particular player we have to pay mention to and that was Kira Ryan in the forward line because she was immense. If she didn't have the ball she was looking for it. She caused Thomastown untold problems. Won you an awful lot of frees and got on the scoreboard as well. She had a great game. Yeah, Kira's been fantastic for us all year um, and she's a really good uh, scorer be for points or goals she gets in really good positions and she's incredibly accurate um, very young girl just have to do the leaving cert along with her sister Katie out there as well and you know Rachel Whelan and Leisha Nolan they're, they're all very very young players Grainne Glynn they've all just finished Grace Barco they've all just finished the leaving certificate you know so they're very very young girls um, and then to be fair uh, Ashley Nolan uh, just goes to show how much she loves the club that she travelled halfway around the world had yeah. to come back um, and she put in an unbelievable performance for a girl that hadn't hurled competitively for five weeks um, so we're gutted for Ashing and we're gutted for, for all the girls but as I said to you we, we just come up a little bit short and uh, Thomastown probably deserves it on the day and um, they're, they're a fantastic outfit they're well drilled they're well trained and um, it'll, be, it'll be a very interesting final 
Yeah, it certainly will be very interesting in the final. It is, of course, Thomastown versus Dixborough in it. And Anya, we're not going to say too much about the county finals, actually, because we're going to do a special preview show for the upcoming county finals uh, next week on the podcast as well. So uh, just for the time being, it's going to be a good one I think you know mm. two the best teams that we have had in the, the county in a, a couple of years and the two of them is there two right teams in the county final yeah I think so um, I definitely think it's it certainly is the two best teams in the county final at the moment I, you know you're looking at Dixburg the reigning champions the on-farm team and then you're looking at Thomastown the team that is really hitting form at the exact right time um, so I think it's going to be it's going to be a very tasty county final and to be honest with you it has the makings of probably being one of the best county finals we've seen in Kilkenny in a long time um, so it'll be very very interesting to see you know you could see the Dixburg girls they were there watching watching the game um, after their own game there as well so you know they're going to be under no illusions that this is, they won't be able to take it for granted and I know Dan O'Leal was saying that people have been talking them up but I suppose they're going to have to get used to that they're going to be going in as, as favourites but and rage and hot favourites yeah, at but that but like Thomastown you know like oh, this could be I could be going back on my word <laughs> over the next two weeks I'm not going to lie because I, I just feel with Thomastown they really are peaking at the right time and they're, they're really coming to the fore they certainly are and I nearly forgot about poor Gerald Welsh because I knew I had uh, a, a clip here with him because I did manage to catch up with him as well I couldn't find it there for a minute but we certainly have found it now and after the game Gerald spoke with myself Gerald Welsh manager of Thomas Town, a good win for yourselves but a hard fought win against Clara who really put it up to you in the semi-final yeah, certainly, Martin. Yeah, hard fought. It's always going to be the way against Clara. The beat is early on in the year. We knew we were up against it coming up here. Um, and it's just at half time. Were we down at half? Two points? Uh, you were up. We were up two points. But turn, turn around into that wind uh, was always going to be a huge battle. But I mean, you were aware of the calibre of the girls. I am more aware of it. Um, and we knew if we battled and battled that we'd get there, and we did. Was there kind of a mirror image of the game? You started so well, 1-3, 1-4 up after your four attacks at goal. Left Clara back into it a small little bit, went in at half-time, two points ahead. Then Clara came into it in the second half. They got a great start, left G back into it and... When the door was left open for you, you just went for us and grounded out the victory. Yeah, but every team's going to get its purple patch. Um, and th- what you do with it when you get it is, is, is what's important. And I think the last 10 minutes, uh, we, when we got on top, we set on top and we kept plugging and we kept plugging and went two up, three up, four up. Um, and that's the, that's the character of the team here. They said at half time that we're going to leave everything out in the pitch and Jesus, I certainly did. You did, and you seemed to have a good, strong panel as well because when Eva Hines went off, what looked like a, an injury, we thought you might be in a spot of bother, but you put in Michelle Donnelly and a couple of minutes later, like she had the ball in the back of the net, like what a substitution. Yeah, I look at Michelle as a superb player, um, but like we have a couple of more there to spring the next day, so I wouldn't be delving too deep into that, Marty. So, <laughs> but uh, look, I know Eva like, was a loss coming off there. She's struggling. She's struggling with a knee there with the last fortnight, so since the Gordon game. Um, so look, to have somebody like Michelle and like I said, the, the, the work rate of her, she got the scores. But if you remember the last puck out we got, Michelle worked the whole way back down the field to win that and, and drive it forward. So again, it was just all down to work rate, work rate, work rate, which Jesus, they, they just, there's, no, there's no end to this team. They don't, just don't know when to give up. They surely don't. And we mentioned it in commentary as well for Anna Farrell who played in full forward and to come out, she really rolled back the years for you because... 
I know you don't pick yeah. anyone out for a team. It's a team performance, but she has to get special mention. She was unbelievable. Unbelievable there, especially in the last 10, 15 minutes when, when ball needed to be won and scores needed to be taken. Like you said, she just rolled back the years. But I mean, what's the old saying is, is farm, farm is, class is permanent, do you know, and it is. And she's just pure class. Dixborough now in the county final I don't know whether you managed to catch any of their match against Pilltown it won't be an easy task but one that you won't shy away from I, I didn't see any of it Marty I, I, um, but no we won't shy away from it look we know we're hugely underdogs going into it and I mean people will try and play that up but it's not the case you know Claire, our, the Borough are a superb team 1-15 to 15, and with another 5 players to come in but look at we'll go away now we'll recover we'll put in the week and we'll prepare for the final well, they certainly will prepare for the final and that will be the Michael Ling Motors Hyundai Senior County Final for 2022 is going to be the meeting of Dixborough and Thomastown. That, of course, is one of the county finals that's going to be on that weekend. The other one is going to be the Intermediate County Final sponsored by Shaw's Department Store and both of those games took part on yesterday, which was Sunday, in Park Naraha in Glenmore. And like Tullerone on Saturday, what an unbelievable venue. Lovely new stand down there. Lovely new scoreboard. In fairness to Bridget Murphy and all the gang down there, they kept everyone fed and watered in the whole house with teas and coffees because it was a nice bright sunny day but it was a bit cold and Mullinavat and the Roarnestig got proceedings underway in the very first game and it was a thriller almost heading for what looked like could be extra time on you but it was your prediction in the end and it was the Roarnestig who came away with the victory and it was 110 to 17 in favour of the Roar women. And what a game it was. Yeah, like I suppose I'm not I'm not overly surprised, but what I am surprised like I was kind of really I felt like this game had the makings of being an absolute goal fest. Um to if I if I'm being honest. And you know, I suppose it was only one goal apiece that they that were that was uh, played in, in this game. But I think definitely for me Warren Steger kinda of like the team that you know, I'm kind of looking at this year thinking that they could go really go all the way and I think they're going to put a massive, massive challenge up to James Stevens in this, in the county final as well. And, you know, I think Mullinavat will certainly be disappointed. Um, I feel like they would have had the ambitions of getting to a county final this year. You know, they had a good run in the, they had a good run in the league stages. And, you know, I think, again, I, I'm going to pose the question on This is probably the, the first game that they really had a, a good challenge in. You know, they had certainly been coasting through all their other games and they've been raking up massive, massive scores. But in saying that, you look at where Rorinstieg were 12 months ago, I'm absolutely delighted that they're back competing in a county final. I think it's where they should be and I think that they've worked extremely hard um, to get themselves back to this position and, you know, it, it just goes to show that when you mix a bit of, you know, experience in the likes of Kelly Hamilton with a bit of youth there with the, their full forward, Quivacar Marta, it's great to see what they can actually produce. It certainly was. Well, fair play to our producer, Lillian, because she was keeping an eye on all of the game for us and taking the notes and everything for us. So by the first quarter in the game in Park Naraha, it was the Roar who had just a slight slender lead at five points to four. Their sharpshooter of Quiva Kerr Murta 
uh, was adding to her tally in that along with Michelle Quilty two of them were fighting along the lines of trying to get to the top score Lydia Fitzpatrick is there at the minute on the top of the table um, and you know it was uh, the Roar women who really came to the fore in the first half um, and they went ahead 1-6 to 5 points and if I'm not mistaken uh, Lil it was Quiva Caramorta that got the goal in the first half am I right with that? You're right it was Quiva Caramorta got the goal like they were the, it was very touch and go the first half was very touch and go now there were some excellent displays in the first half Leanne Fenley for me was the standout in the Mullinavat back line she used the new uh, quick free rule to perfection it was absolutely there was people around me shouting at the ref that it was she was fouled and I said no that's the new rule and she had it off it was like somebody coached her she was immense um, the full back line I, to be fair the two full back lines and half back lines for both clubs I think that's why there weren't so many goals there was no real opportunity now a lot of the ball that was going into the Mullinavat forwards was too high for small forwards it needed to be down low. But having said that, there was some great ball all over the field. I was very impressed from Mullinavat with the two Dunphys. I thought they were sisters, but I was I think somebody said they were first cousins. But their fielding of ball was excellent, both of them. And I think they're only two very young girls. Likewise for uh, the Roar, Kia Langton was excellent. She was excellent in open play. She was excellent with freeze. Um she she just she could take a free from anywhere, I would suspect. Um but yeah, it was a very entertaining game all around and, and good skill on display from both teams. It was and Mona Navat had a good start in the second half as well with Michelle Quilty getting a goal brought it uh, level uh, a couple of times and it looked like that it was going to go to uh, extra time in yeah, that one. Yeah, it was very one, touch yeah. and go. It, looked, it could have gone to extra time. Uh, probably what maybe was a deterrent was... was the difference between the two, Mullivat had a serious injury um, not long after the first, the second half started. Their full back. The full back here feeling, yeah. She got, she had a heavy tussle right in front of the goal and probably was instrumental in there not being a goal in the back of the net. But she got another bang then a few minutes later. I thought it was her shoulder, but I think it was her wrist. No, it was her wrist, yeah. So she was taken off to hospital. But yeah, she she was a big loss to them now. But she was instrumental in keeping the goal out. Um, but yeah, it could have been touch and go. But the Roar just seemed to have that extra little bit always. They seemed to be a little bit sharper all the way through. And it worked for them in the end. Well, you got the prediction right on that one, on you, because you did say that the roar was going to come away with the victory. And I was just looking through the records, and it's actually hard to believe that the last time the roar was in the county final was in 2016, where they met Glenmore and they were beaten by two points, one eight to nine points in that county final. And it's the last time that they've really contested mm. a major semi-final slash county final since they've, then yeah they've got to a couple of quarterfinals um, or to the round one games but mm. other than that they really haven't been to the fore they haven't contested semi-finals in a while and we've alluded to this on several occasions like the fact that they've come from where they were yeah. last year no manager at the start of the year and in fairness to Mark Brennan and the rest of the, or Mark Moore I should say um, and the rest of the gang there like 
they've really turned things around um you know they have a good balance of play obvious that Kelly Hamilton maybe wasn't you know up to the standard that we have seen her in the last no, couple of games enough. and I suppose to be fair to Mullinavet they see they did have quite a few injuries in the lead up to this game and then there was a family wedding on as well so that took a couple or three players out of the equation as well so they didn't really have they uh, they they were they were low on numbers but having said that they all turned up and they all heard their best and they were all very good yeah unfortunately though they came well they didn't <laughs> It's they, another they semi-final loss short, for Mullen Nevada again. Um, but yeah, look, the, the Roar are certainly going to uh, go into the county final stage as, you know, they're not going to be fearful of, nope. as you say, you give it away anyway, that there is going to be James Stevens in the <laughs> in the county final before we even get to review the second game. But um, yeah, no, look, it, it is great to have the, the Roar and Estique there. Um, and for the likes of Emma Kavanagh, who has been a stalwart, I mean, she was very good in on the goal mm. yesterday as well. You know, you have the likes of Kelly Hamilton going back there as well. I mean, you know, you have oh, Eva Ling, Crea Langton, Anya Gannon, yeah. who have all been there on county teams yeah. previously. You know, it's fantastic to see it. And I have to say the support for all of the teams in Glenmore uh, yesterday was, phenomenal. was unbelievable. Really unbelievable. Was. And even down to the the supporters for the second match coming for both matches. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, a lot of people actually commented on it. I mean, it was what? A fiver to get into a double header yesterday to watch two Camogie games. Yeah. It was unbelievable value. People couldn't actually believe it that mm. it was that cheap. And it is but, a spectacular yeah. venue like to have a 400 seater stand in it and the weather was amazing. Yeah, it was beautiful. Uh, we came out a little pinked out of it. It was. We won't complain about won't it. There's complain, several places no, we've we gone complain. that we've got rounded wet, but um, yeah, no, but yeah. Look, your prediction was right, and we look forward now to them going forward into the county final. And uh, as we say, next week we will be previewing um, all of them coming up. But it did mean that the second semi final was going ahead yesterday in Glenmore and it was the meeting of Munkine and James Stevens. Both of these teams had met in the county final two years ago where James Stevens prevailed and went and were crowned champions and went into the intermediate and they got lost the final last year to Barrow Rangers who went up senior. They came back strong and by God this was another unbelievable game of Camogie to be watching. It was hard tough physical game where it ended up with James Stevens 11 to Moonkind's 1-8 the half time score you could not separate the teams six points apiece on you yeah it was it was always going to be like a really hotly contested game wasn't it and I suppose kind of looking on form this year you would be expecting James Stevens to come out with a victory but I think like Tom I think my god I think Moonkine um, you know I think for Moonkine this year I think they they can take an awful lot of encouragement the fact that it's their first year up and they were competing in a county semi-final and only three you know three points off it at the end of the day and you know an outsider would probably have loved to have seen Moonkine win and you know kind of you know get to get to a county final at intermediate after winning the junior the year before but I think you know when you look at James Stevens they have a serious amount of ex- experience there and having been beaten in the county final last year by Bar Rangers you know it was I, you know I didn't I didn't expect it to be pre- maybe as close 
I would have really liked to see Moonkine win and I did say that but I'm not surprised that James Stevens came out with this one with victory. Yeah, well, while the first half was tight and it was tense, I mean, James Stevens got off to a great start in the second half, albeit that... You know, you have to take the good and the bad when it comes with it and Moonkind were probably instrumental in their downfall in that because a momentary lapse in the defence left Neve Dealey in for uh, a goal um, that she dispatched very, very well, I have to say, to the net. And it puts uh, James Stevens with a, a couple of points ahead. And what's the first thing as a player you always like to do as soon as a score has got, or in particular, a goal against you? Oh, slow everything right down. But so, importantly is to get a score on oh yeah, the scoreboard get a yourself. Score on the scoreboard, but like I think most importantly, especially like when a goalie lets in the ball, like I would always say to our goalie, like, slow it right down, let's stop the momentum. But you really need to you need to answer. You need to answer where you need to have a response to the goal that's after going in. And what's the best way of responding? Oh God, get a goal back. Exactly, <laughs> and that's exactly what Moonkind did. They almost instantaneously went down the far end of the field themselves. And the ball ended up at the feet of Neve Crowley and she dispatched the ball to the net as well, which only left one point in it, 1-9 to 1-8 in favour of James Stevens. And both teams, nervy enough, there was lots of high, or I won't say high tackles, there was lots of hard tackles, I should say, going in. Um, you know, everyone was giving it their all. No, there, there, wasn't. Side, there um, wasn't. In fairness, Deirdre Welsh played very, very well. Um, Some of the ball kind. she put over the bar was outrageous. Yeah, Just, she was and, very good. And it didn't matter whether it was straight in front, how far out it was, or whether it was. Mm. She was just. They were. They were beautiful to watch. Now they really were. And again, the skill level was unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, like the hook and the block. And, and some of that wasn't coming from the county players themselves. Like there was no, a, an awful lot of players. And in fairness, we know all about the story that we had with Marion Welsh uh, last year yeah. winning the county final with. Uh, Moonkind and we not knowing her story at the time either and she gave that brilliant interview with you after um, that game in uh, John Law Park I mean she was instrumental in the backs um, yesterday she played very very well Excellent You know I mean there's an awful lot of the players that was out there you couldn't actually say that there was a bad player I thought and their off the shoulder play with Moonkind was excellent like they're just they seem to be aware of where they're their own players were and their passing of the ball their high fielding of ball in their hands how some of them caught the ball at times I don't know but they did and it was lovely to watch Um, the village the same or James Stevens were the the same like the the skill level on both sides was excellent yeah now Emma Noag had a very good game as well and she was left in quite a lot of space to be fair to her she seemed to always be on her own how somebody didn't pick her up I didn't understand but she seemed to be forever on her own and had great ball delivered to her and delivered good ball yeah well she did well it was coming very very close it was one eleven to one eight. we were looking at the clock over on the scoreboard and Munkine had a chance and the ball was after getting overturned up in the back line and at this stage they had pushed Spud Crowley up into the forward line to see if they mm. could get a goal for them and the ball eventually came to Spud and she was at the pirouette and a couple of defenders and she was bearing down on goal heading past the edge of the D heading into the 21 and right inside her there was a player for Moonkine and I'm 99% sure it was Laura Wall she was on her own and she was probably expecting a ball to come in over the top now I'm not going to say she was going to score it but 
the opportunity was there, the overlap was mm. there to try and get the goal and bring it to extra time. But in fairness to the James Stevens back, they stood firm, they held their ground, forced Bud into making a mistake. She overcarried it. Liz gave the free out. Ball went down the end of the field and that was it. Game was over. And James Stevens was after winning 1-11 to 1-8. And they march on now to meet the Roaring Steve in the decider in a fortnight's time. Yeah, and it's going to be another very interesting, you know, county final for both of these, for both of these teams. And you know, I suppose you're kind of looking on, a, you're looking at it as something very similar to um, something very similar to, I suppose, what we're going to witness in the senior team. You know, the red hot favourites in James Stevens coming up against the, the, the team that really is being on form. And you know, to go back to it, yeah, 26, 2016, the last time Roaring Steeg were in a county final, they were beaten the year previous as well in 2015. So you know, they've had to kind of regroup an awful lot and it, there's a really good mix of youth and experience as I've mentioned already and I think you know there's an awful lot of new personnel there and it's it's you know it's going to be a massive massive occasion for Roar and Ashik and I think that they're going to go into this game with an awful lot of confidence they're going in really like there is absolutely no pressure on them if anything all the pressure is going to be on James Stevens this year that they were beaten you know last year in it and they have been the on-farm team in the, in the championship so far so you know it's going to be another really really good county final again this year it certainly is and two teams with the same colours on them as well yeah. we, we yeah, thought true. maybe Dixborough and Clara might have been the two mm. teams to get there with the colours but uh, I don't think we were predicting that James Stevens and the Roar um, might have been in that position early on in the year but they certainly are and it is going to be James Stevens versus the Roar in the Steag in the Shaw's Department Store Intermediate Championship Final where the winners will go forward to represent Kilkenny at Leinster level. Mm. They don't have far to wait because I think the Leinster games are actually on the weekend of the 29th of October, the bank holiday weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it's not. They don't really have much time. They haven't much time to get in between. Celebrate no, as well. I must actually check the fixtures now as well for next week because they're not, uh, the Leinster fixtures are not long out um, and I can't remember off the top of my head whether it was a home game or an away game for whoever wins the county final first but another intriguing battle and one that we are going to be looking forward to obviously the two junior county final or semi-finals I should say was on in Thomastown as well at uh, the same almost the same time the same venues and unfortunately with uh, everything that was going on we couldn't get to both places which is a pity because we would mm. like to see uh, how things are going but you did predict that John Locke's Bennett's Bridge was going to be in the county final when they took on Greg Namana in the semi-final and they came away with a 4-17 to 9 point victory in that game um, Greg Namana was fighting very very hard in fairness to them um, you know it was great to see Greg Namana in uh, a semi-final this year as well but also on the other hand it is great uh, to see John Locke's and Bennett's Bridge who lost out last year in the semi-final to Piltown they march on into this year's county final and for them Anya it has been a, a very good year and I'm just uh, having a look at a couple of messages that we had in here um, from Carrick Shock or from, not from Carrick Shock from uh, Greg Namana and um, that game as well but uh, yeah there was a couple of injuries with Greg Namana four of their starting 15 had picked up serious injuries in the last couple of games so they were a little bit hampered going into the game and it was only in the latter stages that uh, John Locks and Bennett's Bridge pulled away. But yeah, as we said, and you did predict that the 
start of the year that maybe they are the ones to be looking out for in the county final? Yeah, I think so. Like, and I think, you know, I think the way the result went in the other semi-final as well, like they, they certainly are going to be favourites on, on my list anyway for um, for the county final this year. And I think there's something really focused about John, about John Locks Bennett's Bridge this year. And I think that they're definitely the, the on-form team as well. And, you know, I think they've worked extremely hard over the last couple of years to make this amalgamation work and to mix in a lot of like young players and to, you know, bring them on to more experienced players. And it definitely has seemed to be working. And, you know, know it would be great to, it would be great to see them go on and win it and progress even further it certainly would the other semi-final pipped uh, Carrick Shock against Piltown and it was a win eventually for Carrick Shock 113 to 14 points so that was 16 to 14 and Carrick Shock had a little scare in the middle of that one because they were coasting along but Piltown as Piltown always do they always come back into it and I suppose they had the experience of being in the county final uh, mm. last year um, and on your own would you believe it? 11 points she scored wow. in that game. Mm. So it is going to be Carrick Shock and uh, John Locks Bennett's Bridge in the final. And you did get that result wrong because yeah. you did think that Piltown was going to win it. Yeah, I, do you know what? I really did. I thought Piltown were going to, were certainly going to make amends and get back to the county final after last year. And you know what? Probably what did happen them is the fact that their seniors were best the day before as well and it could have had you know mentally it could have had a lot of bearings on him and I think Carrick Shock would have definitely taken a full advantage of that of that situation but you have to look at Carrick Shock like they have been coming out with some really really good results they this have. year as well like and very much quietly coming like there's kind of been no airs or graces about them there's no real like you know talk about them but they find themselves back in a county final since the first time since 2016 I think at 2015 at junior level um, again so you know that's a, that's another great feed for them and it's going to be that's going to be a very chaotic county final I think between the two of them It is well I'm just looking and without doing a, a quick calculation by my reckoning Anya Rowan has gone to the top of the top scorers chart with 11 points on that one because coming into the game she had 14 points and she scored 11 which brings her to 25 so that puts her 6 points ahead of Kate Ling who was at the top of the table in that one but would you believe it there was two players uh, three players actually tied on 14 points while Neve Dunphy of Carrick Shock was second on that and did Neve get any score at the weekend no she didn't so Neve is still staying in second place so we're in for a really intriguing battle in that one because four of the top five scorers actually come from Carrick Shock and John Locke's mm. Bennett's Bridge so I think we are in for an intriguing battle uh, when it comes to it and we will have all of the information for next weekend for who is the top scorers, who is going forward and who might come away with the accolades because the team of the year is well in flow at this stage yeah, and we're going serious. to have to have uh, a lot of serious chats and rows I think this year mm -hmm. again to see who's going to come away with the victory. Also at the weekend um, so it is actually I, I, I forgot to actually mention so the Kilkenny Rivercourt Hotel Junior Championship Final will be between John Locke's Bennett's Bridge and Carrick Shock again in a fortnight's time um, and one that we're going to be looking forward to that also at the weekend it was great that the teams that actually did get knocked out of the junior had a chance again in the junior B and while we previewed one of those games 
last week on you. There was actually two games that was played. One of them popped up during the week as well. Uh, Aaron's own Nay Breed against Blacksom Heights is the one that we previewed. You did think that Blacksom Heights was going to win this, but the amalgamated team of Aaron's own and Nave Breed came away with a three-point victory, 110 to 17 in this game. So it's great for them, actually, now that they can now go forward into the Junior B County Final. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant, brilliant result there for Aaron's own Nave Breed. And, you know, um, I'm sure that they'll be absolutely delighted with that. And I think it's a bit disappointing for Blacks and Whites, to, to be fair. Like, I think, you know, I would have definitely considered them, like, you know, a strong junior team. And whatever it is, they just can't seem to, to get to grips with it, to get to grips with it this year. But that's an absolutely excellent result there for Aaron's own Nave Breed. And it really shows the dominance and the work that's been done in, in both their clubs at juvenile level and that they're able to filter it through into adult level, regardless of whether they have to join up to or whatever the case may be but that's a that's an excellent result for them Yeah well it's certainly a good year for Aaron's own so far having the two under 12 uh, county yeah. final winners last weekend as well so they're certainly on the crest of a wave Now while Aaron's own and a breed might be flying high we have to come down to the other scale of things and in the other semi-final it was Dixborough and Tullahart. Now we didn't preview this last weekend because we didn't know it was going ahead it only popped up as I said during the week but Worrying enough for Tullahar, who were going so well at the start of the league, Dixborough actually beat them fairly well in the end, 113-2-3. to So that's Tullahar now gone in a competition that they may have thought that they might have done a bit well in it. Realistically, a competition that you would be expecting them probably to win. You know, they were they were doing extremely well, and you know that'll be a very disappointing result for them. And you know, do you kind of look at it? Was the focus really on the Junior A Championship, and did they kind of maybe you know push this one to the side? I would think that that could potentially have a lot got to do with it. But nonetheless, that's an excellent an excellent um, result there for Dixborough as well. And you know, Dixborough again, you know, competing in in at Junior B and also competing in the Senior County Final. That's a that's a really good start for the club. It certainly is. You know. It's great for them, um, and uh, potentially having two trophies go to the yeah. club as well. Like brilliant. so, Absolutely yeah, brilliant. it is. Also, uh, we have to say that the elite training day is coming up. Obviously, there was one in Carrick Shock uh, last Saturday, but there is other training camps that is coming up. And as we said earlier, this is in aid of the Players' Holiday Fund. So we're just going to give a quick rundown through them. On the 8th of October, which is this Saturday coming, there is a camp going ahead in James Park in Kilkenny. There is one in Kilmacow GAA one in Thomastown GAA, one in Freshford GAA. And on the following weekend, then there is one in Conhe or in uh, yeah in Conhe Shamrocks and one in Goran. Um, so those are the upcoming camps, and all of the details for that is available on the uh, Kilkenny Camogie. Uh, social media channels I should say and I was actually talking with Brian Dowling as well yesterday so the Golf Classic is going ahead also on this weekend on Thursday, Friday and Saturday the Saturday is completely booked out with tea times but there is a couple of tea times still available on the Thursday and the Friday so if anybody is interested or want to skive off work for a couple of hours not that we're advocating skiving off work but if you want to go and play a bit of golf 
certainly in Castle Golf Club is the place to be. You can contact Deirdre on 87 6466193 to book your tea time and as we said tea time is available on Thursday and Friday there um, so if you can at all give the girls a dig out and go and give them a hand on that oh, oh yeah it's been a busy weekend mm-hmm. it's going to be a hectic uh, weekend now for me anyway coming up for all of the details that we got for the programme I'm going to really put all the clubs under pressure because we're going to try and do a very nice one for this uh, season coming because we obviously have our sponsors in the whole lot and we like to promote them um, so keep an eye out but yes next Monday night uh, while we are doing a recording we are going to have a special preview show for the county finals coming up and that's why you're not hearing anything on county finals because we're going to keep it all for next weekend and it's going to be a nice special show where we will have a couple of guests with us in studio here to discuss the up and coming county finals but before next weekend I'm going to put you on the spot are you sticking with your predictions for who you said at the start I'm going to give you a week even to think about this now as well so you did say that Dixborough was going to win the senior you said that James Stevens was going to win the intermediate and you had mentioned okay. that Pilltown was going to win the junior so obviously the junior has gone by the wayside yeah. at the minute senior and intermediate are you sticking with your predictions I don't know <laughs> I honestly don't know I, I really I really don't know I think like I, I definitely think Thomastown are really coming good at the exact moment that they need to come good um, and I think Dixborough probably haven't really been challenged this year I think Thomas Hill had to overcome an awful lot more challenges um, so you know I just need to sit down and you know think about these things um, and then, Normally when you do think you nearly overthink things and yeah. come back then with a different uh, yeah, no, so plan be, and yeah. so yeah It'll be interesting seeing and then I think for the intermediate one like I think I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know. I will probably change my mind on that as well. But sure, we'll see next week. The all you know, you'll all have to wait in anticipation to hear Anya Fahi's results there. So you can either you know roar at her going down the street, or you think I'll have to jinx in the all. But sure, whichever we'll see. <laughs> oh, sure. Someone has to you lose know. at the end of the day, and it's oh, a yeah. lottery. Like so. Oh, it is literally a lottery. It there's is a lottery at this stage. Um, I definitely don't know my stuff. I'll tell you that it's literally a 50-50. Well, no, that's not fair because if you went down through all of the results this year so far in the club championships, in fairness, you haven't been too far wrong on the majority of them. So you certainly do know what you're talking about. Thanks to our wonderful producer here in studio, we have discovered that the winners of the Intermediate County Final will be at home to the West Meath winners on the 29th of October, uh, which is the bank holiday weekend. So that's going to be a home game for our intermediates, whoever that is going to be. Um, So put that into your diary. And then... Obviously, because there is now four teams in the senior Leinster competition because Offaly has gotten regraded to senior. There's no more boys into a Leinster final. So Kilkenny will be away to the Dublin winners who were St. Vincent's at the weekend. And of course, Taggy Fogarty uh, was part of that team on the selectors that I got to see and watched it. So another entertaining game of Camogie that was up there. But yes, St. Vincent's will be hosting whoever wins the Kilkenny senior competition as well. And that is on the 12th of December. Mm. So you can put that into your diaries as well, folks. 
that is it though from myself and Anya here on episode number eight. We have certainly enjoyed all of the weekend so far. We've enjoyed all of the games and we are looking forward to what is going to be some fantastic competitions uh, that is coming up because obviously we're going to have underage finals coming up as well. And we have to actually mention that Clara and again, Nave, our Aaron's own Nave Breed mm-hmm. are taking part in an under 14 county final on Saturday. There's no venue up for that at the minute. Obviously, your own club in Tullerone joined with St. Dan's. They're going to be taking on Dixborough in the under 16A yeah. championship final at half past one on Saturday. Again, there is no venue up for that at the minute. And as we always say, for all of the fixtures, make sure that you keep an eye on kilkennycomogie.ie for up-to-date fixtures. And the last county final that's going ahead at the weekend, it's actually a Shield final. It is the under-12 Bega group, and this is between James Stevens and Barrow Rangers, and that's going to take part in the Kells Road at 12 o'clock on Sunday. So again, it's important that we mention all of our younger players as well as they take part in their Shield and county finals. So the very best of luck to one and all. Until next weekend's special preview show, though, it is it. And we are completing here tonight from the KCLR studios. Going to look forward until next week. Anya is going home for a rest and to think about what's <laughs> going to happen in them county finals. And we will be back next week. But for myself and Anya for now, it's goodbye. Goodbye. This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Oh,